Happy Mother's Day. Let's just pray. Our Father God, we thank you for all women who display motherly love and other motherly virtues and characteristics. We thank you for the fact that these are really derived from you, the beautiful, wonderful God that you are. We worship you this morning. We ask that your word will be living and powerful and that you will speak to us through it this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're honouring all women today. It's Mother's Day, yes, but uh, Mother's Day can bring mixed emotions, as, as that video clip showed us. It's hard for some. It's hard for Marg. Uh, we lost our daughter a couple of years ago, and Mother's Day is a special day, and we remember her then. Um, some have estranged family members or um, are not in a position where they can have uh, children, but we recognise them all and the motherly qualities in, in them. But today I want to talk about the, the topic of things I learned from my mum. And uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a digging down into the story of my mum and my life uh, a bit. So uh, hopefully it will be interesting. But also I, just, I don't want to just have it as a, this was my mum and wasn't she wonderful. I want it to be applied to our lives, not just mums here and women here, but all of us. Because um, the things that we learn from our mum, I learned and you learn from your mum uh, and those things are for us all. I was brought up in Brisbane and uh, my early recollection, uh, I, I have uh, nothing that stands out in terms of mum. She was just one of those good mothers um, that's there all the time. Uh, she was like a rock and um, of course she was loving and caring but she was firm and she had her values very clearly. Um, she was a loving authority. I would like to explain her in that way. She was loving, but she was an authority. And uh, I know I needed to toe the line with her. Uh, but I was a difficult son. And I got into a lot of trouble. I was telling lies and doing stuff and stealing stuff from a milk bar and being chased down the road by the owner. And all sorts of stuff I was called into, um, mum was called into um, uh, Woolworths it was or something like that um, because I'd stolen something and the, the manager had me up in the office and so yeah, I was that kind of a kid. I'm glad the other kids are out. <laughs> I pretended at one stage, oh, I wanted to miss school, so I, didn't want, I just didn't want to go to school. So I said to mum, I knew I wasn't sick, so she, I couldn't say I'm sick because she'd look at me and say, get to school. So I said, oh, my, my eyes have gone blurry. Um, you know how you can make your eyes go out of focus? I, I went like that and I said, my eyes have gone blurry. And she said, well, read that. And I said, uh, I read what I could when I made my eyes blurry. And so she bundled me up and took me to the doctor who sent me to the hospital and I was in a Brisbane main children's hospital, whatever it is, in Brisbane there for a couple of days. And guess what? I had to go to school at the, in the hospital. 
Anyway, when they figured out that um, after chasing me around the ward to try and give me an injection, I didn't want it, so I ran away and they all chased me anyway. And they held me down and gave me the injection. But anyway, when, when mum came in and the, at the doctor's request and was told that I'm fine, <laughs> it's just a whole lot of rubbish, it, I'm fine, uh, she was really upset. Um, but she'd been really, really anxious over the last couple of days prior to this. And then, so it was silence on the train going home. And um, she didn't treat me any different. She loved me. She had discipline, but she loved me. It's only later, as I reflect back on my mum's life, that I realise how much and how wonderful a mum she was. Life was not always easy for mum and dad and for the family. It was a time we had to survive um, on a very meagre income, um, the six of us in the family. And uh, mum went through a period at that time of, of depression. Um, she was treated with contempt by her, uh, because of her commitment to Jesus Christ, by friends, uh, some friends, but also family. And, and so she found that very hard to cope with, but she stayed loyal to her Lord and Saviour. With my father's work and then with mission work in India and then 26 years in Brazil, um, we were, had uprooted and moved to new locations all the time and it was hard for mum to make deep friendships, except when she got to Brazil where they were there for 26 years, as I said. Um, she, she loved her family, though, and, and, and when we used to make phone calls to Brazil, you know, you'd, you'd pick up the phone and say, because we were living in New Zealand at the time, so uh, international, yeah, um, we want to call Brazil. So they'd call Toronto, Toronto would call Rio de Janeiro, Rio de Janeiro would call the local um, uh, exchange, thank you, um, the local exchange, and the local exchange would call my mum and dad. And that was the process until we got STD, we could dial direct, that was amazing. We didn't have Skype or Messenger in those days, of course. Um, but she hung out for those, she just loved, she missed having us around her and being in Brazil for that period of time, she missed all our weddings, missed all the significant things, child, child, children being, grandchildren being born and all that kind of thing. I have many memories of my precious late mum. She died in June 6th, uh, 2001. And I know I owe so much to her. My father was a godly man and I, I, I owe so much to him as well, but mum, so what did I learn from mum? Um, not just what she taught me from her lips, but what was inculcated into me, what I observed and what I just learned from being with her all those years, despite my waywardness. First of all, she taught me faith. She taught me faith in Jesus as Saviour and Lord. She was always singing around the house. She would sing hymns after him, after him. One of her favourites she always sang was, I don't know whether you know this one, but why did they nail him to Calvary's tree? Why, tell me, why was he there? 
Jesus, the helper, the healer, the friend. Why? Tell me why was he there? All my iniquities on him was laid. He nailed them all to the tree. Jesus, the debt of my sin, fully paid. He paid the ransom for me. That, Ma, she, she would just sing these songs and, and, and they, were, uh, they were coming through to all of us in the family. We heard the words again and again and again. And I don't know whether she did that intentionally. No, she just loved singing and that's what she did. When I was eight, I heard at the gospel chapel that we went to in, in Arla in, in the western suburbs of Brisbane, Ed Bentley, who's since moved down here and he's since passed away, but some may know him. Ed Bentley preached on the second coming of Christ and the rapture. And that we'd be left behind if we don't know the Lord. And guess what? That night, I woke up in the middle of the night. And it was silent. I thought, maybe the Lord's come. So I sneaked out of my room and up the hallway. And I listened at the bedroom door of mum and dad. And I could hear dad snoring. So I, <laughs> I relaxed. And the Lord hasn't come yet. So the next morning, I was downstairs... And it must have been a Saturday because it was the weekend. I wasn't at school, but I was downstairs. Um, no, it must have been a Monday. So I don't know. Anyway, I was downstairs and on a swing and mum was there. And I said to mum, mum, I need to uh, um, I need to get right with God. I don't know what the words I used. And so she came alongside and she explained the gospel to me. And I prayed and received Christ as a result of my mum being there and leading me in that. Here we read in 2 Timothy 1, where Paul reminds Timothy of the sincere faith that dwelt. It wasn't just temporarily there. It dwelt, settled down faith. It dwelt in, first in your grandmother Lois and also in your mother Eunice and now I am sure dwells in you. So Paul goes on to talk about the object of that faith and he, in this passage he talks about him who saved us uh, not because of the works that we have done but because of his own purpose and grace Grace which he gave us in Christ Jesus, our saviour Jesus Christ, he says, who abolished death. And brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And so he says, I'm not ashamed for I know whom I have believed, says the Apostle Paul. So that's the kind of faith that Timothy's grandmother and mother had and now was in Timothy. And I think of that and I think that's so true of my mother and how uh, she has... Uh, and dad, but mum was a, a real part of this, of, of sharing her faith and uh, enabling me to come to the point where I personally put my faith and trust in Christ. And I want to ask you today, and if you're online listening, have you personally put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? Because you can be in a church environment and be brought up knowing the stuff, knowing all the facts, but never having made that commitment of faith in Christ, saying, I trust you, Lord Jesus, 
to be my saviour. I give my life to you. You are Lord, you are saviour. I cannot save myself. I'm trusting you to do it for me because you died for me on the cross and rose again and defeated death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That is what is required and that's what God led me to do through the influence of my mother, among others. Secondly, faith in trusting God, not just faith in Jesus Christ, but she taught me faith in trusting God. She was a prayer. She prayed and she prayed and then she prayed and then she prayed again. She was always praying. I, I'm convinced that my mum's prayers are still being answered and will be. I wonder what it would be today if it wasn't for my mother's prayers. And all of us here need to be reminded of the importance of prayer for our family and for those around about us. We, uh, Mum and Dad went out as missionaries to Brazil and they didn't have much um, absolute, um, definite support. So they had to trust God for their support. And even when they came home on furlough, the airplane, the flights and, and so on, everything was just trusting God that he would provide. They didn't go telling people about it and God provided for them. And that enabled me when we went into Christian work and we had to live the same way by faith for a while before I was in any pastoral role. I was an evangelist for 15 years. And for those 15 years, we had to just trust Christ. And, and because of my, my parents' Um, example of trusting God and showing him to be faithful and providing for us, we were able to trust God much easier than had that not been so. And we lived by faith for those years. Sometimes we had to have a garage sale to pay our bills, but then that, that's part of it. But, you know, God was teaching us a lesson through that. Um, but, you know, God was faithful and provided for us all during that time. And it came as a result, or partly as a result of my my mum's living by faith. Also, faith in following Jesus, no matter what the cost. She was willing to take up her cross, as I mentioned earlier. Um, she, because she followed Christ, she was uh, treated sometimes not with very much uh, respect. And uh, she, uh, it says there in 2 Timothy, in the passage we read, therefore, having said about the faith of uh, Eunice and of Lois, the grandmother and mother of, of Timothy, it, the, then it says, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, but sharing, share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. That's what faith leads to. If you follow Christ, there's going to be opposition. There's going to be. There always will be because the world hates Christ. Satan hates Christ. And if you put up your hand and say, I'm following Christ, then you're going to be lumped in with him and you're going to find that there's opposition. And that's why Jesus said you have to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. And she did that. She held to the truth of God's word, knowing uh, and without compromise. In fact, she, she was old school, very old school. Um, when she came on fellow one stage to New Zealand, we wanted to go and see Fiddler on the Roof, the movie. Um, so um, we said, would you like to come with us uh, as a, 
a movie on, Fiddler on the Roof, and we, we know you'd love it. She says, no, I, said, I, I won't go into a theatre. I never go to the picture theatre. Um, if the Lord came and found me there, what would he say? <laughs> well, um, that was her conviction. And so she lived by that. I respect her for it. It's any wonder that I married someone just like her. Her integrity, she was genuine. She was real. She was no pretense, no hypocrisy. And again, I'm not giving a eulogy here. I hope it doesn't sound like that. I, it's just that, you know, we are called to be just that. People who are following Jesus without any compromise. We ha may differ. I mean, probably just... Everybody here will go to the picture theatre, depending on what the movie is. Um, but seriously, um, we don't have that issue, and maybe somebody does. Well, um, but we have other things that we differ on, where, where we believe we have conviction we should or shouldn't do that, and other people have a different conviction in the Christian community. But we live by our convictions. We don't put them on others. That's, that's um, legalism. We live by our own convictions and we follow what we believe God wants us to do and that he calls us to do just that. And I saw that beautifully exampled in my mum. She also taught me love, her motherly love. Motherly love is, there's nothing like it. We all know that. I never doubted my mother's love for me. Never, it never, even inkling of a thought that she wouldn't, doesn't love me, of course. As a teen, I was a great disappointment to her. Um, though at the time, she never really showed any ill will or anger at my lifestyle. During my early 20s, I was a barman. It was before I met Marg, just before. And I was a barman in a pub in Ohaupo in New Zealand, just south of Hamilton. And I, as I was there, my parents, who were living in Auckland at the time, came down to visit us, to visit me. And I walked in and I was behind the bar. So I stubbed out my cigarette and sat down in the garden bar with them. Years later, I found out that they drove up the road afterwards and stopped. And my mum was overcome with tears and sat there praying fervently for my life to be turned around. It was only a few months after that, I went up to Auckland, went to Drift Inn, which was a youth bar, a coffee bar outreach, a youth bar, youth coffee bar outreach, <laughs> at a church and gave my life back to the Lord and met Marg at the same time. She prayed. Her love for others, her generosity. When we lived in Anala in Queensland, uh, there was one family that mum used to help a lot. And the young teenage daughter in that family was, it was a troubled family. And um, anyway, uh, she was going in the wrong direction. And we moved down to Melbourne in um, 1960, I think it was, or 61. And mum heard that this girl was getting 
further and further and heading down a pathway that was going to be so destructive on her. So she wrote a letter to the mum of this girl and said to her, would you like this girl to come and stay with us? And she can stay as long as she wants, maybe for a few years and finish her schooling and get a job and all that down here in Melbourne. And it was like she adopted her, we adopted her, and she's like my sister. And she said she's going to be watching online, so uh, hi. <laughs> that was mum. And this, this girl I'm talking about, she's, it was the, she says it's the turning point in her life. And uh, now for years she's been involved in missions, going to China and other places, especially caring for young children and those uh, organisations working with young children and uh, having families herself and mums and single parents and others into their home, her and her late husband. So, um, yeah, um, just the impact of my mum on her life. Um, it, it just shows the love that my mum had. She had an out of... Uh, she didn't have an... Uh, she had an out of beauty, but she didn't put on makeup. Never. That was one of her convictions. <laughs> However, she had a beautiful heart. And she enjoyed giving. She was always giving. But not only her love for others, but her love for the lost. She had a heart for evangelism. When we were in Brazil, we'd be driving along the road, and there was someone walking along the side of the road, and Dad knew what to do, so he slowed down... She waved out the window and threw out a track to them, <laughs> and on they drove. She gave out tracks to everybody. Uh, she was walking along the famous Copacabana Beach um, one day, and she saw a young woman throwing flowers into the, into the water. And she goes up to her and says, um, what are you doing? And the girl said, I'm giving offerings to the goddess of the sea. She says, well, when you stand before God on the judgment day, he's not going to be interested in that. He'll want to know whether you've put your faith in Jesus who died for you and rose again. <laughs> she was, that's just mum. She was earnestly seeking to reach people, her own sisters, her neighbours, people she met in everyday life. And thirdly, she taught me self-sacrifice, which is part of love. But it's a special part. And I'm still learning this. In fact, I'm learning all of this um, as I go on life's journey. I think that this, her self-sacrificial heart is the jewel in her crown in my mind. As a child, I remember, and I, I think most families know this, where uh, mum puts out all the food and, and the best chops and the best whatever goes to all the family and she ends up with not quite the best one. She's more interested in helping and giving to others than herself. I remember that vividly. Um, and when she obeyed God's call with Dad and spent those many years in Brazil and missed seeing the children, grandchildren growing up and things like that, we visited Brazil once. Uh, we uh, went and uh, spent like three months with them. And in their little house in Bauru, um, they had one bedroom. Uh, 
And mum insisted that we sleep in that double bed um, while they slept on camp stretches out in the family room. That's mum and dad. I think of the verse that's about our Lord uh, when I reflect on mum's life. And although it's, it's obviously supremely true of Jesus, it is in measure true of my mum where it says, For our sake he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. And how challenging is that for me and for you, that we would live in that way so that we are willing to be poor in order that others would be rich, that we might be poor in reputation so that we might share the gospel with people who need to hear it, not just physically, um, financially poor. I want to finish with... Um, Psalm, I'm sorry, Proverbs 31, which we all know, you know, the, an excellent wife, and change it to mother or woman. It's for us all, but for a mother or a woman. Let's read it. An excellent mother who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her. And he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. I don't think I told my mum nearly as much as I should have how much I appreciated her. But I'm going to get up. When I get to heaven, I'm going to make sure I rectify that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for our mums, but we thank you for the beautiful example of Christ, who was everything perfectly. The love, the truth, and the righteousness and the goodness of God manifest in the person of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you that his spirit now dwells in us, and that same love, righteousness, and truth is ours to live. May we do that through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.